Grace to you and the peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon you and upon me. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all mankind. Amen and amen. I pray for you, my brethren. I pray health and healing. I pray victory over fear. I pray today in all, for all. Father, we pray and confess your word over the body of Christ here at Spiritual Awareness. We pray that your people would be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of your will in all spiritual things for them today. We pray that, that live and conduct themselves in a manner worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing to you and desiring to please you in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing increasingly in by knowledge of you and fuller, deeper, and clearing insight. Today, my friends, I ask you to pray a healing pray, prayer for a brother, Danny. He's been a wonderful member of our church, a supporter of this broadcast, a supporter in tithing, but more than that, he has been a wonderful Christian. He has always had a smile on his face and the Lord in his heart and has always been an inspiration to all that he come in contact with. Since I don't have permission to use names, I'm just going to say Brother Dan. Brother Danny has, has been an inspiration since the day he walked into our church. He has always, always been just a wonderful, wonderful member of our church, as I said. This week we learned that Brother Dan has been diagnosed with leukemia. And I just ask that each and every one of you who join us, who join with us in praying, that the will of God would come and lay hands upon our brother and his wife. For Danny and Jeannie, that they too, they know the Lord, and they know that it, it's always up to the Lord. But when your time comes, your time comes. But I pray for them, Lord, 
This morning, I, I just ask that each and every one of our members would lay hands upon the, their, 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 these believers, that they would lay hands upon the Spirit of the Lord. I know leukemia is, is a disease of the blood. It's a cancer of the blood. But Father, we, we, we come before you boldly and con, uh, confidently knowing that you are, are not man, that you should, should not lie, and that you watch over your word to perform it as we come before your throne. Therefore, Father, we bring before you those who are called in the name of Jesus. We ask that a healing in thy will, O Lord, be done for Danny and Jeannie, for Lisa's friend Mary, for Sue and for Mike, for all those that we hold up dear to our hearts that are suffering right now, for Dan and Kim. We hold them up, Lord God, that you would touch them, for Rochelle, who is doing battle with the demon of drug addiction. Right now, Lord, we ask that we know, Father, that Satan, the God of this world, comes against your handiwork. We know that you are God of miracles, the God of love, the God of power, the God of might. And through your redemptive plan that Jesus did on the cross and in the pit of hell for us, we, your people, are redeemed from the curse of the law. And the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made us free from the law of sin and of death. And we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all satanic forces and, and, and disease of the bodies, disease of the mind, disease of the soul is part of Satan's plan. And we cast it out. Cancer, you are part of the devil's plan. Addiction, you are part of the devil's plan. Diabetes, kidney disease, you are part of the devil's plan. And we cast you out. We bind you in the name of Jesus. And we loose these people from this disease in Jesus' name this morning. We cast you out in the name of Jesus. And devil, you are bound. And these people are loosed in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for born-again, spirit-filled people in the positions of authority. Administers, teachers, doctors, nurses, orderlies, attendants, and volunteers. We pray that men and women of integrity, blameless, and complete in your sight be healed in the name of Jesus. By his authority, by the power of his word, let them be healed, Lord. By your will, of course, we speak in Jesus' name. And everybody on this broadcast, listening to the sound of my voice, gave a big amen and amen. Let them be healed, Lord, if that be thy will, in Jesus' name. For addict addictions, I pray for that woman right now, Rochelle, in the name of Jesus. 
put it upon her mind to go back into detox, go back into recovery, and let her be recovered in the name of Jesus. Let her know there's a long way to go to be re into recovery. But Lord, I pray that you would give her the strength uh, for her own child. Let her have that, that strength to find recovery for her son. I ask it in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are going through kidney failure, for in renal failure right now. Give them a new kidney that they might fight it off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Somebody lift their hands to heaven and shout amen and amen. Let it be done by the hand of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Somebody give God glory and praise this morning. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I'm happy to have you here with us today at Spiritual Awareness. I'm Pastor Davenport. I want to welcome you to our, to our Wednesday broadcast with First Church, Part 18. We're in Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, 1 through 4. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Megillah, born of Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he uh, uh, abode with them and wrought for by their occupation. They were tent makers, don't you know? And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. And he proceeded. Uh, excuse me, persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Now I want to review for a few minutes. Paul was in Thessalonia, and there was a lot of converts there. Praise the Lord. And Jason dragged uh, into dispute. Bad things can happen to good people, even when they did nothing wrong. Paul is in Berea. And they searched the scriptures for themselves. The Thessalonians came and caused a lot of trouble. Paul had left on a ship for Athens by himself. And he, is, he was leaving Silas and Timothy behind in Berea. Paul is in Athens. And he did not waste, waste the weight. I love that saying. He did not waste the weight. He preached in the synagogues and the marketplace. Occurrence. All we want is pleasure, they said. The stockets, all, they, all we want is discipline. So there must be a balance somewhere there. You know, we have several, uh, we have over 900 different denominations. Arapagus Religious Council. They were identifying the unknown God. That's what they were identified with, the unknown God. So people have a conscience. Nature teaches us that there is a God. Diocinus converted from Areopagus. So Paul is in Corinth, the city of Corinth, about 40 miles west of Athens. And it is a major seaport framed for its wealth. Also for its immorality. Worship of, uh, of the goddess Venus and Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Agila and uh, Priscilla 
a Jew that had been kicked out of Rome by the emperor. And all Jews had been forced to leave Rome by this time. So they, so they had left and they had come to Corinth, the city of Corinth. They set up shop there as tent makers. And these two were either already Christians, unlikely at this point. More likely they were among his first converts because Paul became a tent maker with them. Now, Jewish children that were in line for the priesthood often were also learned a, a trade skill. So they, they would be able to start a new synagogue without outside support. He found what he had in common with them and worked with that in order to evangelize to them. See, we, sometimes we need to find a common ground between you and who you want to witness to. So Aguila and Priscilla became lifelong friends with Paul. Even being re referenced in a book of Romans and also in 2 Timothy. They have a church in their home. Many, many churches begin in the home. Gospel of Faith Church began in my parents' home. Actually, it began in my cabin. Right across from my cabin, there was this huge, huge juniper tree and a little meadow. And we, we started Gospel of, Church, Gospel of Faith Church right there in that meadow. We had a picnic table, and I had uh, my little wood box, and I'd put my wood box up on the, on the uh, picnic table, and that's where I preached. So they were also said to have laid their own lives on the line for Paul. So Paul reasoned, it wasn't called preaching, it was called reasoning. Paul reasoned in the synagogue, a Greek word, di-a-la-ega-om-a-i. It is not the same as, as preach, yo-ang-agali-a-i-do-so. It is possible that preach was influenced, excuse me, it was possible that Paul was influenced by the wealth and the wickedness of this city. I don't speak Greek. Perhaps he felt intimidated. Even Paul felt overwhelmed with taking on the task of evangelizing the city of Corinth alone. In Acts chapter 18, 5 through 11, and when Silas and, and Timothos were come to Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit. He was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he, he shook his raiment. And he said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads. He said, I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. And he, be, he departed thence. And he entered into a certain man's house named Justice. One that worshipped God. Whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Glory to God. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee. And no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. I have much people in this city. And he continued there for a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now Silas and Timothy, they arrived there. And it is after they arrived that Paul feels emboldened 
to preach and to testify about Jesus. And when they try to evangelize on their own, we, we often feel overwhelmed. A church is stronger when it is working together than working separately. And many times when there's more than one pastor, we begin to, to work in opposite directions. We, 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 we're like two llamas, a push-pull llama. One goes one way, one goes the other. They get, they get nowhere. Crispus is converted. The leader of the Jewish church becomes a Christian. Praise God. The leader of the Jewish church becomes a Christian. Everyone can be reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christmas believed, then was baptized. Listen to what it says. He believed, and then he was baptized. Belief should lead to baptism. Amen? Paul must have still be struggling with some fear because he receives a vision. Divine intervention can expand our vision and give you what you need. To move forward. Can give you what you need to move forward with Jesus. In Acts chapter 18 verse 12 through 17. And when Galileo was, was deputy of Achaia. The Jews made intersection with one accord against Paul. And brought him to the judgment seat. In verse 13 saying. The fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to our law. And when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Galileo said unto the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O ye Jews, reason what that I should bear to within you. But if it be a question of words and names and of law, look ye to it, for I will be no judge of such matters. And he drave them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took... Sosthenes and chief ruler of the synagogue and, and beat him before the judgment seat and Gallio cared for none of those things. In the court of Galli, the Roman proconsul of Achaia, the Jews brought Paul before the Roman government, the judgment seat, a public place in the center of the city. Paul is teaching things contrary to our law, they said, and the governor refuses to hear the case. This is a religious matter, he said. And it does not concern Rome. And the Greeks then grabbed the new leader of the synagogue and beat him publicly. It is possible that the Jews' superiority attitude contributed to the anger of the Greeks. It is possible to that they pushed aside those which legitimate issues in their rush to get Paul before the governor. You see, a bad attitude will lead to a bad outcome. Say it again. A bad attitude will lead to a bad outcome. Corinth is a shadow of its former glory. You can see the ruins, but there is nothing there now. Unbridled wealth and wickedness will always end in destruction. In Acts 18, 18 through 23, and Paul after this tarried there yet a good while and then took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence to Syria. And with him Priscilla and Agil, having shorn their head in centuria for he had a vow and he came to ephesus and left them there and he put himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the jews 
when they desired him to tarry no longer time with them, he consented not, but bade them farewell and saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh into Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God wills it. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Sarah's and gone up and salted uh, or saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and he went over the country to Galia and Perija in order, strengthening all the disciples. Now Paul ends up in Ephesus when Paul leaves Corinth, taking with him Aguila and Priscilla, leaving Silas and Timothy in Corinth. Paul helps establish a church in the city of Ephesus. And Ephesus is in the modern nation of Turkey now. It's kind of the stopover point for Paul. He's on his way to Jerusalem for a feast day. It is probably the Passover or Pentecost as these feasts takes on a new significance with the death of Jesus Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now Paul comes to Jerusalem. We'll continue in a moment. Now Paul comes to Jerusalem. Then he leaves to go back to Antioch. After being in Antioch for a while, he leaves again to visit some of the churches he has helped establish. In Acts 18, 24 through 28, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born of Alexandria, an eloquent man, a mighty in scripture, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When, whom when he, Aguila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia and brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he had come helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews that the publicly showing by scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Apollos in Ephesus, back in Ephesus, a man named Apollos arrives. He is an eloquent man and knows his Bible. He wants to help people, but only knows the baptism of John. Aquila in principle hear his teaching about John the Baptist. So they teach him more about Jesus Christ. Apparently, his conversion and, conver and, and conversations were so powerful that when he was wanting to pass through Achaia, he receives a letter from the church of Ephesus. He arrived in Corinth and greatly helped the church, even, even referenced in Corinthians as Paul's equal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave an increase. Who gets the credit? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this pastor or this pastor or this evangelist. It's God's church. It's his glory. Hallelujah. It's his glory. In Acts chapter 19, we're doing two at one time here. In Acts chapter 19, uh, 1 through 7, and it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, 
came to Ephesians and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost uh, since we believed? And they said unto him, we have not much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John, John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should re believe on him which should come after him, that is Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, Paul, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they, they spake in tongues and prophesied. And all men were about, about 12. Now, we find that wealth and wickedness will lead to destruction. When Paul leaves Silas and Timothy to establish the church in Corinth, Paul starts a church in Ephesus. And on his way to Jerusalem, he meets Apollos is converted. He was a disciple of John the Baptist. And he helped to, to the church of Corinth to grow. He said, I planted Paul, Apollos watered him, and God gave increase. It's a wonderful thing when the ministry begins to grow, but it takes everyone in the church to make it grow. Paul does not in any way diminish the experience that the disciples had received previously. He acknowledges that they are believers. Where people are right now in God is real and legitimate. We can in no way take away from their experience. We must endeavor to add the whole truth to it, getting it right. These people were baptized unto repentance, but not in Jesus' name. When they understood the need, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. It is when people understand that they are baptized. We cannot force baptism on them. We cannot diminish their initial experience with the gospel. It is important to get the baptism right. It is important to think about the souls that they, they can won or is it that they drove off. We cannot drive people away from God. A wrong word at the wrong time or the wrong attitude will derail the salvation process. There are times when we need to check ourselves when dealing with people. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were, were brought into sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them with the lost. This is where we introduce prayer clause. There was a time at Gospel of Faith Church that I had sent over a bolt of Muslim cloth to a friend in Israel, and they took it to the Jordan River and they dunked the whole bolt of Muslim into the, into the uh, Jordan River, and then they shipped it back. They wrapped it and shipped it back. And out of that, we used to cut out squares and crosses. And we would give that out to people. And if they had a disease, they would hold that over their mouth. And when we prayed, they, they would spit up th their disease into that Muslim cloth. And, and then we would take that and we'd put it into a pan on the, on the altar. And that disease would go into that muslin cloth. It would go into that muslin cloth. And then we would take it out. 
and we would burn that cloth. There is no more power in that handkerchief than in a bottle of oil. People cook with olive oil all the time. The miracle is not in the cloth or it's not in the oil. The miracle is in the faith and in God. In Acts 19, 13 and 20, that certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon to call over them which were evil spirits in the name of the Lord, saying, We adjourn you by the Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sevia, a Jew and the chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them, and they were wounded. He fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews in the Greece also dwelling in Ephesia. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. They counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mighty grew the word of God and prevailed. Devils and demons are real. And I believe that demons are assigned to certain people, certain families, certain cities. Certain nations, they thought to use the name of Jesus as some kind of magical formula. People use the name of Jesus all the time in this world, more often than not in vain. But the power is in the re personal relationship that you have with God. But the power is in that relationship. In the last days, Lord, Lord, have we not? The most important thing is not to miracle. It is the relationship you have with God. <coughs> Just because you can shout on Sunday doesn't mean that you have a personal relationship with God. Amen? Forgive me. It's hot in Fort Mojave, Arizona today. There are those that are out there that will bewitch you. There are those that are out there that are false prophets. People that claim to walk with God, but do not. There are also people out there that walk in divine authority and move in the Holy Spirit. This is why a real walk with God is so important. Acts 19 verse 23, in the same time there arose no small stir about the way that way. The real gospel will cause a shakeup, a shakeup. People will be moved to repentance. People will be moved out of complacency. The real power of God will affect people and either influence them for right or wrong. There is a right way to live your life. There is a right way to serve God. So there can also be wrong ways as well. People should be able to identify us by the way we walk with God. In Acts chapter 19, verse 20 says, So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana, they said, should be despised, and her magnific magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and all the world worshipped. What we give up 
Serving God will cost you something. Are you listening to me today, church? Serving God will cost you something. A life that has no sacrifice is not a life lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. The old idols, concern of the past, will need to be destroyed for God's work to be accomplished in our lives. That means if you worship the almighty dollar, that you will have to give up. You cannot worship money and worship God. You cannot worship beauty and worship God. You cannot worship the ways of the devil and worship God. Some things even that are important to us. We may lose friends. We may lose family. We may lose careers in order to do God's will. But if God brought it, you to it, then he may take you through it. Say it again. But if God brought you to it, then he may take you through it. In Acts chapter 19, verse 32, some therefore cried one thing and some other. For the assembly was confused and more part knew not wherefore they were come together. It's sometimes confusing. The assembly was confused. Again, Acts 19.32, Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part knew not wherefore they were come together. The assembly was confused. Some were saying one thing, some were saying another. There is confusion when we cannot all agree on something. This is usually caused by one or two individuals that are stirring up issues. The majority of the people did not know what they were even there for. Oftentimes we get caught up in events from agendas or other individuals. They did not know you need to get the facts. Don't get involved in an argument or dispute without the facts. There are two sides to every issue. It is important to remember that each side feels equally strong about their position. In Acts chapter 19, verse 37 through 41, For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goodness. Wherefore Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man. The law is open, and there are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when we, he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. Dealing with issues, you need to have, let those that have the issue come together. Let them settle it between themselves. It is not good to drag others into personal issues. It is possible to cause division and strife over minor things. If you have no dog in the fight, then you should walk away. The city was in confusion and uproar because one person felt threatened by the message of the gospel. One person spread his fear to all the others in the city and caused a riot that could have got an entire city locked down under Roman martial law. Let all things be done peaceably. Now, my friends, today we did First Church 18 and 19. Um, sometimes they're so short that I try to do two in one. I pray, therefore, that 
we just come together and bless the Lord. Today we prayed, and I ask you to keep them in your prayers as we go forth. For it's a wonderful thing when we come together in prayer. It's just time that we as prayer partners, prayer warriors, shepherds of prayer, lift our brothers and sisters up. For it is by prayer that we are justified in Jesus. I pray that each and every one of you would continue to support spiritual awareness. It is by our strength in numbers, and we are well over 1,500. On some, sun, on, on some Sundays, we go above that. Some Sundays, we go below that. When people are busy, I guess, or uh, they found a church to go to, whatever. But I pray that you would continue to support us, both financially and in prayer. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died. For the ungodly. For scarcely for a right righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards you and I, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom we have now received the reconciliation. I pray for each and every one of those people. Many of you have sent in your name and, and have supported us uh, with letters, emails, uh, text. It's a wonderful time we live in. <laughs> and many of you have sent in your offerings and your tithes, and I thank you so very, very much. I ask that each of you say a blessed prayer for spiritual awareness and for Pastor Davenport and for Gospel of Faith Church as well. Our numbers are starting to grow back. Um, sometimes we are up in the high 30s, once in a while a 40. Uh, many times down to six or seven, depending on the weather. And uh, we live in rural Arizona. <coughs> Excuse me. With that, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you till he brings us back once again. God bless you. We love each and every one of you. And I pray for each and every one of you. In service to the Lord Jesus Christ, may I offer peace and love. God bless you.